Well, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day to you. My name's Ethan, uh, one of the ministers here. So glad you're here and so glad that I get to say happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We are so glad you're with us. You're here on a great day. Uh, we're in the second week of our series, Pile Up Rocks. It's a series about some of the habits that we find in the Bible that help us to organize our lives around the goodness and wisdom of God. And, and we need these habits. We need practices that help us to uh, kind of get connected to the goodness of God every day and every moment in these kind of simple ways. And last week we started with rocks, right? And, um, and a lot of you, I know you took home your rock. Anybody remember what's your rock's name? Anybody remember? Ebenezer, right? And Ebenezer, that means helpful rock, or a rock of help. And what does the rock help us do? Well, the rock helps us remember that we've only made it this far with the help of God. By, by God's grace, we've made it this far and it helps us remember the ways. And I know some of, you, some of you sent me pictures of your Ebenezer in the cup holder of your car or on the dash of your car. Somebody said on a dressing table or in the, on the kitchen counter. Uh, and I know some of you went big. You went and got big rocks and you, you put a big rock somewhere in your home or in your yard to remind you of a specific work of God in your life. And I love that. Uh, that's what these habits do is they help help kind of connect us with the goodness of God. And today we're going to learn about a new practice, a new habit that all of us can participate in. It doesn't require a rock. Um, it's the practice of speaking and praying the goodness of God into the lives of of those around us. This is something all of us want to be doing, speaking and praying the goodness of God into the lives of those around us. We had one word, the word the Bible uses for this, we're talking about blessing. We're talking about blessing, an intentional practice for speaking goodness into the lives of others that's rooted in the goodness of God. And we're going to talk today about about how we can do that, how we can speak blessing into the lives of other people. And especially we're going to think about what it would look like for us together as God's people to create a culture of blessing where all of us are receiving blessing from others and giving blessing back in return. Uh, because the Bible is filled with this. The, 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 the Old Testament in particular describes a culture where the giving and receiving of blessing, speaking and praying the goodness of God over the lives of another was just a part of their lives. We see general blessings, some of the songs we just sang are these blessings that would have been used at public events and public ceremonies where somebody would have stood up to offer a blessing over all the people. We see priestly blessings that functioned as a part of their worship service. We, we see generational blessings where those who are older speak a word of blessing into the lives of those who are younger. Uh, in, in that category, one of the most common ways we see it is family blessings. You, you read the Old Testament, you see again and again and again parents giving a word of blessing to their children and their grandchildren. Now, one of my favorite examples is in Genesis 48. This is Jacob. This is a blessing he has for Joseph's two boys. So it's Jacob's blessing on two of his grandchildren. It's so simple. He says this, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and 
and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all the life to this day, the messenger who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they greatly increase on the earth. This is a prayer that a a grandpa prays for his two grandkids. And this kind of family blessing is is all over, is all over uh, the Bible. From parent to child, from generation to generation to generation. Uh, and I would just say, part, what, what you see in Scripture is part of the responsibility of the parent is to speak and pray blessing over their children. And this is actually part of how we communicate uh, the role of God in our lives. When we pray blessing over our children, they see demonstrated in our prayers our understanding that God is sovereign at work in our lives. I love this practice. Um, But generational blessing in the Bible isn't just family blessing. Uh, We see it between uh, teacher and student. Uh, uh, Elijah blesses Elisha. Paul blesses Timothy. We see it from the old leaders to young leaders. Samuel blesses David. Uh, One of my favorite examples of generational blessing is between two cousins, and it's hidden right in the middle of the Christmas story. I, I say hidden because we never stop and notice it. And again, for good reason, usually when we tell the Christmas story, we're focused on Jesus. That makes sense. Perfectly normal. But, but buried in the middle of the Christmas story is this beautiful example of blessing. Uh, right in the middle of Luke chapter 1, the angel comes to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary, very reasonably, responds by saying, uh, I don't think that's going to work. I'm a virgin, and I don't think that can happen. And so the angel then, I'll pick up in Luke, verse 35, the angel says, The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And Mary responds, I love this response. What a role model for all of us. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I love that response. God tells her to do something, seems a little crazy. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. And then she gets up and she hurries to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted her cousin Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her room. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then pay attention to what Elizabeth does next. A loud voice, she exclaimed. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you'll bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And I love that last blessing because, of course, that last blessing applies to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is also walking by faith, believing that God will keep God's promises to her, but yet she speaks it as a word of love and goodness and blessing into the life of Mary. I love that pattern. An old person meets a young person who is trying to walk in obedience to God. And that old person stops and blesses them. And why is it that this blessing flows so easily from Elizabeth 
Well, in part, she's filled up with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. And apparently, when you're filled up with the Holy Spirit, it overflows into the lives of those around us with blessing. But the other reason it happens is because Elizabeth is a participant in this culture of blessing that we see described in the Bible. The very culture of blessing that God wants for us. She was part of a culture instructed by God's word to be a place where blessing was given and received. She was part of a culture that had an intentional strategy for speaking and praying the goodness of God into the lives of others. We said last week, everybody, God wants every one of us to have a strategy for remembering the good work of God in our lives. And if you don't have one, you should start piling up rocks. Well, the same thing is true this week. God wants for every one of us to have a strategy for speaking the goodness of God, praying the goodness of God into the lives of those around us. And and so I guess I'm just wondering, do you have one? Do you have a strategy by which to speak and communicate blessing into the lives of those around you? My hunch is you've probably got a strategy for speaking a word of correction into the life. You probably know, you probably got a good strategy for telling people when they're wrong, you know. Do you have a strategy for speaking and communicating blessing into the lives of those around you? Some of you grew up with this. Some of you did. Some of you grew up in homes where the people around you were really good at speaking and communicating blessing. And so maybe by now it just sort of comes naturally to you. You just kind of walk around pouring out blessing on other people. And if that's your experience, man, awesome. Praise God. Thank you. Please share that with the rest of us because a lot of us didn't grow up with that experience right? A lot of us did not grow up uh, surrounded by people who had a strategy for communicating blessing and praying blessing into our lives. And and if you didn't grow up with that, then then you need it. All all of us need it. Uh, That's what God's Word teaches. All of us need the communication of blessing into our lives. You don't outgrow this need. And all of us need to be doing it. All of us need to be blessing others, receiving blessing and giving blessing. I was talking with Betsy earlier in the week about what this looks like in our lives and all the, all the kind of people that have spoken blessing into our lives. And we just got talking about it. And I love, she just had this, she was just rattling off names of all the people that have poured blessing into her life. And so I love the list she had. So rather than share it for you, I think she's gonna come out and help me. I think she's somewhere nearby. Oh, there she is. Welcome, Betsy. This is my wife, Betsy. Yay, Betsy. Um, so we got talking about this sermon, and, um, and, and so Betsy, happy Mother's Day, first of all. Thank you very much. You're very Thank welcome. Thank you for inviting me to come do this today so I could spend my whole Mother's Day weekend worrying about That was my goal. You would this. not notice whether Appreciate I bought you flowers because so you were focused on yeah. this instead and stressing about this. Yeah, that was the goal. Okay, anyways, but, but no, you, we got talking, and you were just saying all kinds of people you mentioned who have been a source of blessing to you. So what does that look like for you, the people who have kind of done this thing of pouring goodness into your life? What does that look like for you? Well, it's funny, as I was writing this, preparing for this today, uh, I sort of felt like I was writing my Oscar speech, right? So I'm so thankful to you, my husband, who has been the wind beneath my wings. Exactly, that was the phrase I asked you to use. Thank you, you remembered. But seriously though, 
I do feel like so much of the person I have become is the result of blessings that other people have given me. Gifts that they saw in me, some that I may have recognized on my own, but really most of them that I wouldn't. And that has given me the confidence and the courage to step into that gift. Um, I think of my teachers and my professors, and so many of you are those. You are doing such good work of blessing in lives. Mm -hmm. I remember my third grade teacher, Mrs. Treadway, who goes to church here. My college professors like Susan Higgins, my seminary professors like Bob Hull. Those are some of my biggest memories of blessing in my life. Those are people that encouraged me to think of myself as smart and capable. They saw in me more potential than I saw in myself, and they envisioned a future for me and their words of encouragement made that happen. I absolutely have to include my mother-in-law and father-in-law, my professors as well, Pat and Lee Magnus, who taught me so much about the Bible, who taught me so much about the church and how to love the church, and have remained just this incredible source of encouragement as for me as a minister, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter-in-law. Um, I love uh, all those sources. Like, there's, there's something generational about that, but it's like, like from a dozen different directions, and we need all that blessing. Yeah, yeah okay, sorry, I interrupted do. your list. Yeah, sorry. that's okay, I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so I have, to, I have to go back and remember, too, church leaders, work supervisors, coworkers throughout the years have been a blessing for me and formed who I am. When I was just 22 years old and still a college student, my minister at the time, Ben, asked me to lead a worship planning meeting. And I never could have guessed that that one ask would form the core of the ministry I've done vocationally for the last 25 years. Yeah, yeah. So there's a warning to you young people. If you get invited to volunteer at church, it might just become your career for the rest of your life. So warning, be careful. Yes. Okay. And I also have to point out to my wonderful co-workers here at FCC, so many of you know them. Also elders and people of the church who share words of encouragement and words of blessing. And that means so much to me. I know it means so much to you. It means so much to our staff here. And those words are really what give us the strength to keep on going in ministry. I'm grateful for the Council of Friends, and I hope all of you have friends in your life who know you and love you and know when you need some life-giving words of blessing. Mm -hmm. Family Mm -hmm. is also the most obvious and ongoing potential for blessing in our lives, but that also means the lack of that blessing can be particularly hurtful. Um, I know I benefited from having parents and family who've made a point to speak words of blessing to me, and especially since it's Mother's Day. I remember my own mom. um, She's right there at the top of my mind. She had some major surgery just a few weeks ago, and she's doing great. Uh, But over some of those days and hours of just sitting together in the ICU, we got to say some of those blessings over each other that happen in hospital rooms, where we're reminded that our time together in this life is is short. Um, And she told me once again how proud she was of me, um, how glad she was, everything I was doing and the person I was becoming, and she never wanted to hold me back from any Mm -hmm. of that. Um, To spouses and kids too, words of encouragement mean so much. You're awesome. Oh, yeah. Is this the right time? Is that the right time? You're you're great. You're great too. Thank you. Let's move on. All right. (laughs) Kids, you may think that there's nothing that you could say that's going to make a difference to the parent or the guardian or mom in your life, but you are wrong. You are so wrong. Your words of encouragement mean so much, and they mean more than any gift that you might give. Um, So tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your guardian how much they matter to you. Give them words of affirmation. Um, And spouses, take time to tell your husband or your wife that you appreciate them. I just did. Yeah, you just did. You don't have to do it again. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, let me add right here, though. If you don't have a family who blessed you or is blessing you, I am so sorry. 
you are dearly loved by God. You have a God who wants to bless you with hope and a future. And I hope that here in this church, you can find people who express that blessing into your life. Because we all need that experience of blessing, and I know I've been so blessed by it. Yeah, okay, so that's a great list, and I know your list could be even longer. We talked about so many other names, but, but that's the thing. We need all of that. We need that community of blessing, that culture of blessing from those who go before us and those who are alongside us and those who come after us, all kind of speaking blessing into our lives. But here's what I know about you. Your story with blessing, uh, you know, we've been hanging out for more than 30 years now. So your story of blessing is not just about how you've been blessed, but you also are a person who strategically blesses others. And I learn a lot from watching that. So just give me, give us a snapshot. You're great at this. What does that look like for you to try to be a person of strategic blessing? Well, it's nice of you to say I'm great at it. I honestly really don't feel like I am, but I do try. Um, And I will say, especially when I've been in relationships where I've felt a lack of blessing, especially when it's authority figures over Mm. me or people in close relationship with me, I found that the spiritual discipline of focusing less on receiving blessing and more on giving it has transformed Mm. so many relationships. Um, It can help create a culture where blessing does not currently exist. And when other people do give me a blessing, it's a good reminder to me to pay that forward, bless forward to other people, keep that cycle of blessing going. Uh, Top of the list too, moms, parents, guardians out there. We can speak words of blessing over our children. Bless your babies, your toddlers, your teenagers, your adult children. In all seasons of their lives, they need our words of affirmation. They need a main authority figure in their life who has known them the longest to recognize what's special and what's great about them and put it into words. And as they get older, Learn to bless the good that you see in their lives and the godly choices that they make. I know that a family out there, uh, that every child's birthday, they have a tradition to share a blessing just around from every family member to that person to tell them what they see that's great about them and what they appreciate about them. It's so simple, so easy, and so effective to do that. Yeah, what I love about that is, we talk about this, or keep using this word, strategy. So they've They're not just going to count on the fact that, oh, sure, we'll remember to bless each other. No, they've created a little ceremony Mm -hmm. as part of their birthday party. We've got the ceremony of blessing to make sure we don't forget. Well, and it makes it easy to do that, too, because it can be really awkward, can't it? To just go to somebody and tell them what you think is great about them. So creating that culture, creating a ceremony really can help that. It's never awkward for you to tell me how great I am. At all times, never awkward. Okay, so I hope, too, that I'm blessing younger generations that aren't just my children. I love it when it can be a blessing to my kids' friends, to my younger co-workers, and hopefully I can give them some of the same kind of encouragement and blessing that about their gifting that I received that has meant so much to me and has formed so much of who I am. In the last few years, I've been teaching a class at Milligan University, and every end of the semester, I invite my students over, cook them dinner, and I try to spend time telling them the gifts that I've seen in each of them over the semester. And whether that's been meaningful to them, I can't know, but I do know that their blessing on me has been immense, and they've let me speak into their ideas and into their lives and into their calling. And I know they've been such a blessing to me with their energy and their excitement for God's work through the next generation of church leaders, so the least I can do is try to bless them back. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Of course, too, there's opportunity not just to bless down, but to bless up for generational blessing for my parents, for my in-laws, for others around me of all generations in the church. And I know you have that opportunity, too, to bless the people in your family, in your church, in your workplace, all the people who are around you. But I know, too, I hope that I'm a blessing to you. Well, I hope so, too. I, I mean, so. you are. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, like I tell you all the time, that your sermons are just so great, no matter what. No matter no what. Matter That's what. the rule. Tell okay. me they're great. Yeah. All right, but seriously, I know you can on my blessing and it makes a big difference to yeah, you just like your does. blessing makes a big difference to me in fact I noticed that the more significant the relationship the more we need the blessing yeah and I bet that's true of you too you have high importance relationships out there blessings that could have monstrously impactful meaning to someone I also want to make a quick note too about the opposite of blessing um, correction disappointment our anger those things really stick with us when we express our disappointment, especially to the ones closest to us, it really looms so much larger than words of affirmation. So offer your blessing abundantly and your negativity very, very carefully. I want to let you repeat that. Offer our blessing abundantly and our negativity very carefully. There's something like, a, like, like there's a ratio there and they aren't in balance when they're even. They're in balance when blessing far outweighs yes, criticism. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. so I'm not claiming to be great at this, but those are just some things that I learned that I hope are, hope are helpful to you today. All right. Thanks so much. Give her a big hand. She's amazing. And I did totally ruin her Mother's Day by making her do that. So, um, but I'm glad she did um, because that's, that's it, right? And all of us want that. All of us want to be so deep inside a culture of blessing that we are surrounded by people pouring blessing into us, people uh, above us and, and generationally and below us generationally and our, and our peers, we want to be surrounded. But we also want to be in that same culture as a giver of blessing, as a communicator of blessing. And this is what we see happening in God's word. This is the example of scripture. But it's not just the example of scripture, although that would be enough. It is also the command of Scripture. Uh, Jesus says, to you who are listening, if you're paying attention, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. Why would he start with bless those who curse you? Well, it's because he's actually assuming the existence of this culture of blessing. He's like, I don't have to tell you to bless your family, right? Like, you know to do that. And I don't have to tell you to bless your loved ones. I've just got to kind of put the icing on the cake. What's interesting is many of us in our culture, we don't bless anybody. We don't speak words of goodness and love into any lives. And, and, and Jesus wants us to go all the way to the enemy. You know, that's a, that's a long journey, right? Um, but but that, that is where he takes us. And this, by the way, is like, you know, some of us, we have tension in our families, right? Maybe, you, maybe you've been in a, in a fight with, with your, your mom. You've been, y'all been fighting for 20 years, you know? Or maybe it's been 20 days. I don't know how long y'all been fighting, right? And, and, but, and you're wondering, like, I don't need to bless them. Well, right here, Jesus says, bless even your enemies. So if that is where it's gotten in your family these days, even then, you're not off the hook for speaking words of goodness and blessing and love and praying goodness into their lives. Paul commands it, uh, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And God's word says that the stakes are high. What we choose to do in our speech toward one another is high stakes. Uh, Proverbs puts it this way, the tongue can bring death or life. 
Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's what Betsy was talking about with this sense of kind of guarding the ratios, right? Bless abundantly. Criticize carefully, sparingly. Bless abundantly. Condemn infrequently. You know, bless abundantly because the tongue can bring death or life. And this is especially true in those most important relationships that she talked about, right? We have these relationships where our blessing carries extra weight and the lack of blessing also carries extra weight. And some of you are here under that burden today where a relationship where you really needed blessing, you didn't receive blessing. And again, I would just, just say, I'm so sorry. Um, and and the, way you, the way you respond to that is you've got to re-anchor yourself in the blessing and love of God. And that will give you a blessing that you can then share with others. And you can be the one that starts a culture of blessing, even in a relationship where blessing has been absent. Okay, so let's get practical here a little bit, okay? Last time I had a rock for you. I don't have a rock for you this time, but I got some challenges for you, some, pretty, some things I want you to try, okay? How do we do this? How do we begin to create inside our families, inside this church, inside our broader community, a culture of blessing? Blessing the next generation, the generation around us and the generation before us our families, friends, strangers, even our enemies? How do we become people who receive blessing because we're in relationship with people who bless us and people who give a blessing, choosing to speak goodness and love and pray goodness and love into the lives of others? Well, you're going to need a strategy that has at least two parts. I'm going to call these two parts grand gestures and regular rhythms. This is what we see modeled by God's word. There were the grand gestures, the big moments when they made a big to-do out of blessing somebody. And they were the regular rhythms, the everyday opportunities of choosing to speak love and goodness instead of speaking criticism and condemnation. This is what we see in scripture. We, we could start with, with, with moms, right? It's Mother's Day. Moms, if you want to bless your mom, you're going to need to do some grand gestures. Mother's Day is a pretty good day for a grand gesture, right? Uh, call your mom and tell her everything you love about her. Write her a note. Even if you're so mad, you can spit. Swallow it. Deal with that later. And today, just bless your mom. Say every good, blessed thing you can think of to say. Speak and pray goodness into your mom's life. Write a thank you note, buy her flowers, chocolates, whatever the right thing is. Make the grand gesture. And we sometimes say in our culture, oh, grand gestures don't matter. Yes, they do. They matter. They matter most, though, when they are paired with regular rhythms. And if you want to bless your mom, you're going to need some regular rhythms, too. Tell your mom you love her. Speak to her with respect. Disagree humbly. Apologize when you disobey or disappoint. If you want to bless your mom, you're going to need grand gestures, regular rhythms. Parents, you want to bless your kids. This is what we see described in Scripture all the time. Parents and grandparents who are speaking goodness and blessing into the lives of their children. And maybe you look back at the last six months of your parenting or the last six years of your parenting, or for some of you, the last 60 years that you've been a parent, and you're like, I wasn't very good at this blessing stuff. 
I'm not sure my blessing to criticism ratio is something to be proud of. Okay, start tomorrow, start today. You can only change the, what you do tomorrow. So you're gonna need, what are you going to need? Well, you're going to need grand gestures, right? You're going to need some grand gestures. I wish I was better than this than I am as a parent, but, but, I, but I am trying some things. What are the grand gestures of blessing that you need to develop so that you can speak goodness and love into your kid? I know a, a family, they had a, they had a bunch of kids and they felt like they were struggling to really communicate blessing into their children's lives. And so they developed this tradition when their kids were in elementary school where, and the parents would take turn one night a month, one of the parents would take one of the kids out and the kid got to pick the restaurant and pick the activity. And the parent's job for that outing was just to Speak and communicate blessing into their child's lives. Communicate love and hope and prayer. And they just made that night all about that communication of blessing. And the next month they would swap parents so they each got a chance to do it. That was for them. That was kind of the grand gesture, the thing, the thing, the strategy. That's what we're talking about strategies today. What is your strategy for communicating blessing? Betsy and I did a thing uh, for our boys that, that uh, a bunch of our friends were doing. It really helped us. We did a thing uh, for their 12th birthday. We invited seven or eight other adults who knew our kids really well and were part of our church. And we just spent a whole evening praying over our kids, speaking blessing and wisdom into their lives. We made it a fun night. We bought them some presents and we just made it a big deal of communicating blessing. And, and we've tried, now we haven't done a great job, but we've tried to, you know, the milestone moments of life, you know, when you go from, when you go from elementary school to middle school and middle school to high school. And we've tried to make sure all those milestone moments, we carved out part of that time to speak and pray blessing over their life. It was a little awkward. They weren't always into it, but we kind of, we took that opportunity. What, what, what is it going to be for you? What are the grand gestures you need to build that'll make sure you communicate the blessing you want to say? And of course, the grand gestures matter, but they only matter if they're partnered with regular rhythms. And again, I just want to challenge you who are in that parenting phase of life, you know. What are your regular rhythms of making sure your blessing to negativity ratio stays heavily balanced toward blessing? What's your, what's your regular rhythm for that? I, I remember for most of my kids, uh, for, for a lot of my kids growing up years, I got to drive them to school every morning. And I remember early on in that, the kids were still in preschool, and, and somebody who was about my age, I thought of him as an old man, but he was my age, and I was in my 20s, um, he, he said to me, he said, you drive your kids to school, don't you? And I said, yeah. He says, I just want you to know what an amazing opportunity that is you have every single day to get a little time with your kids. You make sure you take advantage of that time. And so I made a commitment. Now, I didn't keep this commitment all the time. We spent plenty of drives to school with me scolding them for not getting their homework done and stuff like that. But the commitment I made was my goal was every single morning they were going to laugh and they were going to be loved. That was my goal. Every single drive to school, I would make them laugh and they would know they're loved. I didn't hit 100%, but I had a goal to create a regular rhythm of blessing. And, and maybe your home needs that. What is that going to be? The, the kind of thing that you do that keeps you communicating blessing and praying blessing over children. Maybe it's a bedtime routine, especially when your kids are little. That's an easy place to do it. 
And we could ask this question again and again for all these relationships. Those of you who are, who are part of the older generations, what is your strategy for pouring blessing? Not, not a little bit of blessing, not, not teaspoons of blessing, but buckets full of blessing on the younger generation as they try to make their way in the world and grow as leaders of God's church and grow, grow in their life. What's your, just buckets of blessing. And, and younger people, what is your strategy for not, not meager thanksgiving, but buckets of gratitude and blessing for those who've gone before and paved the ways for the paths you now walk? With your friends, with your enemies, with your coworkers, grand gestures, regular rhythms developed until we can say that the words of Thessalonians 5.11 apply to us, that we keep on encouraging one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. That's what Paul says to him. He says, keep on encouraging one another, build each other up just like you're already doing. Last week, I gave you a rock. We called him Ebenezer. Remind us that we've made it this far by the grace of God. I don't have a rock for you, but I do have a challenge to develop the practices you need to communicate blessing where you have participated in a culture of negativity rather than a culture of blessing. I'm just, just, just repent. If you have been excessively critical of someone that, need, that is counting on your blessing, we have these relationships of people who are dependent upon our blessing. If you have instead been excessively critical, repent and begin to bless. That's my challenge to you. In just a minute, I want to talk about one more blessing that we all need to participate in. But right now, I just want to pray that you would be like Elizabeth, filled up with the Holy Spirit so that it would overflow in blessing. Let me pray for you right now. God, this challenge feels just a little bit beyond some of us because many of us, we are trapped in a culture of criticism and negativity and, and, and a culture of blessing just feels so distant to us. Many of us have not received the blessing we needed from those that, we, that mattered most to us, and so we feel like we have no blessing to give. And so right now, God, I just pray for your spirit. Would your spirit be poured down on us? Would be filled up with your blessing, God? For that is the blessing we most truly need. Would we be filled up with your blessing? And so then out of that, we might overflow to speak your blessing into the lives of others. I know a lot of us have in mind a particular relationship where we need to be people who speak and communicate the goodness and love of God in our, in our prayers and in our speech. Maybe a relationship that is right now marked with negativity and tension and we need to be the ones to start speaking blessing into that context. And so again, we're just asking God for an outpouring of your spirit that we might be obedient to your word in that way and that even starting today, we could speak your love and blessing into the lives of those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, I want to talk about one more blessing that all of us need to receive and all of us need to give. Uh, we're going to share together in the meal of communion in just a minute. Uh, if you're a follower of Christ, I hope you received elements as you walked in today. If you didn't, there are going to be some people moving around the room right now. They're on their feet right there. Uh, just give a hand up and they'll come find you and bring the elements to you and make sure you have what you need. If you're worshiping online, now's a great time to grab what you set aside earlier. Um, the meal of communion is about 
a blessing that is mentioned in Scripture again and again and again. One place it's described is in Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no lie. What an amazing blessing. The blessing of your transgressions being forgiven. Sins covered, not even counted. We've, we've lost track. A life where there, is, there need be no lie, no deceit. You can just be fully transparent. Yep, I messed up and I'm forgiven. That is a blessing. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 quotes these words. And he says, this blessing was accomplished by Jesus. Jesus is the one who accomplishes this blessing through his death on the cross. He puts it this way. Jesus was delivered to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. And this is what we remember in the meal of communion. That Jesus in his death paid the price we could not so that we might be reestablished in our relationship with God. And just like the blessings we've been talking about today, this blessing, the blessing of forgiveness, this is a blessing every one of us needs. And if you don't know that you have this blessing, you need to respond to Jesus. Later there'll be a song, and I'll be up front. If you want to come meet me and talk about what it would look like for you to respond to Jesus so that you could know that you were anchored in the blessing of the forgiveness of God, I'd love to talk to you. This is a blessing all of us need. And this is a blessing all of us need to share. As we have been blessed with forgiveness, we need to share forgiveness with others. And we need to share the blessing of Christ's forgiveness with others. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and then we'll share this meal together. And then after that, we're going to sing a little bit. If you need prayer today, I'll be over here with the prayer team. We would love to pray for you. Maybe you need to ask some questions about how to receive the blessing of forgiveness through Jesus Christ today. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Right now, though, we go to the table where we find bread that is Christ's broken body and the cup that is his shed blood. And we meet there the blessing of forgiveness that is for all through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this, your blessing of forgiveness. We lean into the grace that Jesus provides. Meet us here at the table. May we experience your grace and may we be so filled up with your grace that we can, as we go from this place, begin to communicate blessing and grace to others. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.